0: Good morning, Good morning. Uh, welcome on oh, what is a glorious day isn't it? It's really welcome um, to see the sunshine uh, and the warmth of the sun today. Welcome if you join us in person or indeed um, online in um, the St. Columbus Dare um, here in the Belsize Road. And we begin our service with a portion of scripture today. It comes uh, from the book of Ecclesiastes um, chapter 5 and verse 1. It says this, Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know what they do wrong. There's a sense that as we come and set set aside time to be in God's presence collectively and together, that we come with an attitude of listening and openness to what God would do for us uh, and amongst us today. Not necessarily with our own agenda of what we want to get out of it, to listen to what god would have us do and how he would speak into our lives individually and collectively today so let's pray on this trinity sunday almighty and everlasting god you have given us your servants grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity and in the power of divine majesty to worship in that unity Keep us steadfast in this faith that we may evermore be defended from all adversaries for you to live and reign one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We come uh, to our act of confession, recognizing our own feelings uh, and recognizing that God is the one who can forgive us um, of those things. We pray together, Lord God. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done wrong in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing. Cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So may the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sin, restore us in his image, the praise and glory of His name through Jesus Christ our Lord, Amen, Amen. And the psalm appointed for today is Psalm 29, um, and you'll see, in a sense, why it's been appointed for today. Uh, already uh, in our worship, in our collective gathering today, we have uh, ascribed greatness to God. We've given Him the glory and the honour that is due His name. We've seen the majesty of the fact that He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that He is sovereign. And so we use Psalm 29 by alternate verse today. Ascribe to the Lord, ye heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashings of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory the lord sits enthroned over the flood the lord is enthroned as king forever the lord gives strength to his people the lord blesses his people with peace we know god will add a blessing as we collectively read his word together i realized about first eight there that uh, my voice was starting to go like a train and I was speeding up as I left yous behind. Um, so sorry uh, about that. <coughs> um, I have a habit of that, um, I'm told. Um, I do try to slow down, um, but uh, obviously I got the better of me today. Um, OK, uh, we're on the children's talk, so we'll move over to Sarah at this point.
1: Good morning. Does anybody know what the Trinity is? Today, we are celebrating Trinity Sunday. And as Christians, we know the Trinity is God, Son and Spirit. Have you heard that the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, three things are actually one? It's quite hard for us to understand how three things are also one thing. Has anybody heard of a s'more? Do you know what a s'more is? Yeah? If you do not know what a s'more is, it is a treat made up of biscuit with chocolate and then it also has marshmallow in the middle and you toast it together and the marshmallow melts. It's an American treat, but it's really, really nice. Well, this morning we are going to make a s'more to use it and explain the Trinity using a s'more. So, the first thing we have is our chocolate biscuit. Who loves a chocolate biscuit? Yeah, so we're using our chocolate biscuit and the chocolate biscuit this morning is going to represent God. He is solid. He is our foundation. He was there at the beginning. So at the beginning of our treat that we're making this morning, God is there. Does anybody know what the second part of our treat is this morning? The marshmallows, yes, so we need some marshmallows. And the marshmallows represent the sun. Who is the sun? Jesus, Jesus is the sun. Now how can Jesus also be God at the same time? Well you see in Colossians 1 verse 15 it says, he is the image of the invisible God. And again, it says in John 10 verse 30, I and the Father are one. So Jesus is God in human form. So we need to add some marshmallows. The third part of the s'more, we need some fire to melt the marshmallow. Now I'm gonna ask my assistant to come up for me. Now don't worry, all safety precautions will be taken. Do you want to put a glove on? Just in case.
0: I've never made a s'mortic guess before. <laughs>
1: Okay, so if you just hold this more there, can anybody guess what the fire is going to represent? The Holy Spirit. So we need some fire. <laughs> this is when I'm hoping that this works. Woohoo! <laughs> And that is your s'more. Looks nice doesn't it? Thank you very much to our wonderful assistant.
0: I thought the assistant would get to eat the s'more. <laughs>
1: third part of the as we've seen was fire. It's the final part of the Holy Trinity. It's the Holy Spirit that God sent the Holy Spirit after Jesus went back to heaven. And we learned all about that last week on Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit is the very presence of God for all believers. He is our teacher. He is our guide. He teaches us the truth and guides us whenever we stray away from God. It might seem a little bit silly making a s'more to represent the Trinity, but if I took away the digestive biscuit, it wouldn't be a s'more anymore, would it? It would just be toasted marshmallows. Just like if we took away the Son or we took away the Father, it wouldn't be the Trinity. It says in 1 John 5 verse 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word and the Holy Spirit, and the three are one. When we put these three together, we get the Holy Trinity. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your son to earth. And as he left, that you sent your spirit to be with us and to be our guide. We pray this morning, Lord, as we look at this delicious treat, that it would remind us of the Trinity, that you would help us to digest and to understand what it means and the presence that the Trinity has in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen.
2: taken from Ruth chapter 4, beginning at verse 11 to 22. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian-redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This then is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amminadab. Amminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Sal- Salom, Salmon the father of Boaz, Boaz the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David.
0: Uh, Thank you to Gillian uh, for reading us uh, that reading today. Uh, Let's pray as we begin. Father God, thank you again for your uh, eternal word and the truth that it contains. And Father, as we Uh, Heard at the beginning today. May our ears be open to listen to what you would say today, not me, uh, but what your word might say deep into our souls and our very beings um, this day. In your name, Amen. So, this is the last of the series of Ruth. This is us finishing um, the book of Ruth. Um, This has been a story of ordinary people facing everyday events and experiences that you and I experience throughout our lifetime. This has been a story where grief and sadness has compounded it at the very beginning, um, where it seemed as if everything had, her world had fallen around, Naomi's world had fallen around her. At the heart of this story, as we've seen, is the providence of God, his faithfulness, and looking after his people, his faithfulness of guiding his people and providing for them. We've heard that grief is an important part of how we live, of how we say goodbye to those whom, whom we love. That grief can mark us, can shape us uh, throughout our lives. And even as Christians, we have a, a different hope that death is not the end. There is a new hope. It's God who, who meets us in the valley of the shadow, is the one who we can trust uh, not only in the shadow days, but in the bright days. Now, often we can see God at work whenever we least expect Him sometimes. And through this story of Ruth, we've been able to trace that, trace God's hand upon those small moments uh, and see Him at work. And throughout this, we've been encouraged to lift up our heads and our hearts, haven't we? To lift up our heads and our hearts and to look to God and see what He would do amongst us. There's a kinsman redeemer that there is one who redeems us today and he comes from the lineage that we hear in the story of Ruth. Last week we heard that God writes the end chapter. We can't see it yet but God is already writing it for us. And so today we conclude this story of Ruth. We we join the story With Boaz having gone and done everything that he legally needed to do, he met the one who was further ahead of him as a kinsman redeemer, the one who legally and culturally was the one who should take on this family and their property. Um, And so Boaz done it properly. He he then said to the kinsman redeemer, look, if you do this, if you take on all the fields um, that Naomi has inherited from her husband." Um, then you're also going to have to take on Naomi and the Moabites Ruth. And so the one who was further up the line than him was like, I don't want Moab, no, no, no. No, no, do we Moab, please? No, 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 no. Foreign land, foreign people don't want anything to do with that. You have it, Boaz. And as we heard last week, he did that really strange thing. He took a sandal off at the city gate and he gave it to Boaz. And as we hear today, everybody around him became witnesses at this transaction, if you like, which is a strange way of putting it in today's culture this transaction took place and other people were able to say no so in the future this this individual he actually doesn't have a name um, this one who was further up the line used to be the the redeemer than Boaz doesn't have a name um, but in the future he couldn't come back and say I lay claim to that field or to that property or to Naomi or to Ruth because everybody in the city gates saw what had happened Boaz was the one who now took it all on. Of course we knew that in the midst of this, Boaz was doing this because Ruth had caught his eye. She was gleaning in the field. She was catching the corn at the edge of the field as the culture said was to be left for those who were widowed or who were poor so they could survive. And Boaz comes into the field and he looks and he sees Ruth and she catches his eye and something sparked within him. So Boaz is driven um, to do what he is doing because he is in love with Ruth. But this is more than just a love story. This is about the faithfulness of a God who steps into our everyday moments and who cares about those everyday moments. There is so much more. The best is yet to come. And that's been the title for this series, The Best is Yet to Come, because as we entered into this, we saw tragedy and disaster and a world falling apart around them. But as we see today, whenever we compare that to the ending of the story, so much has shifted. The best is yet to come. And so today, we witness a legacy. Unknown to Boaz... He is setting the wheels in motion for the saviour of the world. Boaz doesn't see that in this moment. Boaz does not see the fact that Ruth has caught his eye, that he goes and legally makes sure that he can take her as his wife. He does not see in that moment that from that lineage, a number of generations later, King David, the, the greatest king in one sense that Israel has ever known, will come as his great-grandson. And he cannot know and he cannot see that from the lineage of King David would be born Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And so Boaz is setting in motion wheels and turns and all of those expressions in this moment that he has no idea what is yet to come. Yet God has already written the end chapter. God knows what is coming. We read from Ecclesiastes this morning to open the service. If you go back in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you will read that portion of Scripture says that there is a time for everything, a season appointed under heaven for all activity. If you step into the Psalms, and the Psalm 139, whenever you hear that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, every day of your life has been ordained before one of them came to be. God is writing our final chapters in this moment. And the actions, the things that we do now, create the legacies for the future generations. What we do in the here and the now, we are unaware of much of it, we worry about a lot of it. (laughs) We get wound up by a lot of it. But much of it, we cannot see what is going to come uh, down the line. And I wonder, what are we setting in motion today? What wheels are we turning individually by our actions, our thoughts, our words, how we interact with our family, our work colleagues, the people that we live beside, how, what's, what miles are we turning in terms of collectively as a parish in this community? What, what, what motion are we setting in place today for the future? And the answer is we will probably never truly honestly know until down the line. Um, just yesterday we were walking up um, Port Stewart's um, I- I'm bumped into somebody um, who has two children and a third um, on the way. Um, <laughs> makes me feel really old because she was one of my young people whenever I was a youth worker in Moira. Um, and whenever I left Moira 14 or 15 years ago, she was about this height here. Um, and now she's like this height, pushing a double buggy uh, with another one um, on the way. Um, But now working for an organization called The Logic Cafe, which I helped to establish to reach out to the young people of Moira. I didn't know the legacy that I was sowing into that young lady's life back in those days. And I'm only seeing it 15 years down the line. I'm not saying I had at all to do, that's not right. But the small seeds that was there has a part to play. And so actually consciously the decisions that you and I make individually and collectively as a parish will create the legacy that is known through this place. God is present and God is at work. God is present and God is at work. And that is one of the awesome, and I mean that with uh, not um, I'm not overusing that word. That is one of the awesome privileges uh, of being in ministry and being a, a pastor or a rector in a church because you can see a bigger picture sometimes at play. You can see um, because you're invited into people's lives. And whilst we hold that in confidence uh, with me and with myself, I can begin to see jigsaw pieces being put together. And So I can see God at work as people... Uh, await test results. I can see God at work as people walk through grief. I can see God at work as he is transforming lives and calling people to faith. I can see God at work as people's faith is growing and deepening and roots are going down. And sometimes collectively we can miss all of those details, but God is at work and he is present in this place. And I'm excited by what, honestly, I am excited by what, I, what he is doing here we pray for more of God at work. And we, then we become witnesses to what He is doing. Just like those witnesses at the city gate in verse 11, then the elders and all those at the gate said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. They declared that they were going to be witnesses to what happened. I wonder, will, will you and I be witnesses to what God is doing here? Will we declare what God is doing here? Will we share what God is doing here? We sung it, didn't we? The first song today, all heaven declares the glory of the risen King. And what's one of the lines in it? I gladly will proclaim. We proclaim what he has done. And if we looked at the beginning of this story of Ruth, back on the first day whenever we started this, seven weeks ago, it seemed doom and gloom, actually. It did seem uh, quite a hard uh, place to be, a hard series to start. There was nothing really of huge um, joy in that first chapter. Even though Naomi wanted to change her name to Mara. She said that, I went away from this place full and I came back empty. So call me Mara, because I am now empty. And what do we see now? Well, look at verse 14 in chapter 4, and we hear this. The woman who gathered around him said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He'll renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you And who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Naomi lost everything, her husband and her two sons. And we finish the chapter by those around her looking at her life and saying, Do you know what, Naomi? There's a blessing upon you in this moment. Because God has been at work. God's providence, God's hand has been faithful to his people and to this story then verse 17 starts that list of names. Um, well done, Gillian, <laughs> for reading uh, all of those uh, names. Um, and sometimes we have a tendency to skip over those names. But they're of huge, huge, huge significance. They're so important because actually in these names we see the lineage and the legacy that God has been writing that they didn't know about. The Saviour of the world is coming. God and do you know what that list of names shows us? Actually that God is in the detail. Every last speck of it. God is in the detail. And He's in the detail of your life as well. Are you looking for him? Are you watching out for him? I often say the cross is central behind me. It's one of the foremost things that you see whenever you walk into this building. The fact that Jesus Christ died on that cross to be your redeemer, my redeemer, means that the best is yet to come. It means that he is in the detail because he loves you so much that he gave up his life for you, he knows the hairs in your head. He knows how many of them are gray, how many of them are black, how many of them are brown, and how many of them are artificially altered. And how many of them are missing. He knows the detail because he loves you and he cares for you. Will you look up and see him today? That's why we have to share boldly what he is doing and what he has done for us. The story of Ruth is one of ordinary people being met by an extraordinary God in the ordinariness of everyday life. The story of Ruth is is one of ordinary people being met by an extraordinary God in the ordinariness of everyday life. He is present with us. Let's look for him. And the legacy that is left whenever we look for him will be one that is written by him and not by us. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are the God who knows us and the God who loves us. In this moment, continue with your hand upon us and help us to know and to see the detail that you expect and are involved in in our lives and to hand those details over to you in the knowledge that you are sovereign and that you are in control.
1: Amen. We continue in prayer. To God the Father who first loved us and made us in his own image. To God the Son who loved us and washed away our sins in his own blood. To God the Holy Spirit who spreads the love of God abroad in our hearts we raise our prayers to you this morning. Gracious God, fountain of all wisdom, we pray for all Christian people. We pray for our rector, James, our Bishop, George, and for all who teach and guard the faith. May the word of Christ dwell richly in our hearts, and knit us together in the bond of your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father God, we pray for the leaders of the nations and for those in authority under them. Give them all a desire to work for international unity, which seeks to halt the threat of war and terrorism, for ways to ensure that all nations have full access to oxygen and COVID vaccinations, and that the common good of all humanity may be served by their efforts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Son of God, we pray for our church and its role in building your kingdom here on earth. We pray that as restrictions ease, that the message of hope communicated throughout the pandemic will be a constant one and not just for times of need. Help us, the church, to be a welcoming place, a place where people can feel at home and be brought to the feet of Jesus. We remember all those reluctant to get involved in church because of hurts in the past But as the church and its people, we are imperfect, but we believe in a perfect God who forgives all and heals our wounds. Speak your word of peace in our midst and help us to serve one another as Christ has served us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Spirit of God, we pray for those who do not believe and for those who are hesitant to believe for whatever circumstances. We pray that you would open their ears to hear your voice, open their hearts to receive you, the very Spirit of life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we pray for those weighed down with grief, fear, or sickness. May Christ, your living word, bring them comfort and healing. We especially raise before you now those who we know who are grieving, who are faithful, or who are ill. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Lord of life and death, we thank you for all those who have died in the faith of Christ, trusting in the promise of your word of eternal life through your son, Jesus Christ. We remember now those who grieve, those who we grieve for, giving thanks that because of your son, death is not the end. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of the church, hear our prayers and make us one in heart and mind to serve you with joy forever. Amen. And we want
0: to affirm our faith in the words of our creed today let's stand together we believe we believe in god the father god almighty by whose plan earth and heaven sprang to being all created things began we believe in christ the savior son of god in human frame virgin born a child of mary upon whom the spirit came Christ, who on the cross forsaken like a lamb to slaughter led, suffered under Pontius Pilate, he descended to the dead. We believe in Jesus risen, heaven's king to rule and reign, to the Father's side ascended, till as judge he comes again. We believe in God the Spirit, in one church below above, saints of God in one communion, one in holiness and love. So by faith our sins forgiven, Christ our Saviour, Lord and Friend, we shall rise with Him in glory to the life that knows no end. Amen. seated as we come um, to close today. (coughs) Uh, Our uh, small step service continues on a Tuesday morning during the month of May and June. Um, So everybody's welcome to attend. That's a short said service of morning prayer, uh, Tuesdays at 10am. Our food bank donations, we kind of trial and see if we uh, the box will be there each week. Um, So if you want to bring anything at any stage, um, whenever you come into the building, uh, the box will be there to leave the food bank stuff in. And it's shampoo and conditioner is what they're really in need of. Um, So if you're thinking this week as you do your shopping, uh, those will be items that could be collected uh, for next Sunday. Uh, or Communicating Clearly uh, Sponsored Walk um, to raise funds for our own audio system um, and for the project that we're involved in in Chile with SAMS um, we will start in June, uh, which is Tuesday. Um, so there's a number of people, uh, there's about 39 or so have signed up uh, to walk during that month uh, and the pledges are nearly there. We need about 88 miles a day, that can be averaged over, uh, but we're nearly there. There's a few more miles uh, so if you haven't already placed to do them uh, and you think that's possible for you to do that, have a word with myself or Sarah uh, and we can get you signed up uh, for that. Uh, for those who are doing it, hopefully you got little flyers on the way in today which you're able to give to people which shows how you can um, get donations uh, for the walk uh, on our Just Giving page. Uh, if you want to uh, sponsor people who are doing it, and remember we're going to collectively try to walk 2,653 miles uh, in the month of June. Uh, so if you want to sponsor that you can simply place your donation uh, into a marked envelope and leave it uh, in the basket uh, any Sunday during the month of June uh, as well uh, and you can leave your offering uh, in there every Sunday on your way out if you're watching online and you wish to give to our ministry um, you can follow uh, onto our website uh, and in the resources page you'll find out um, how to do that um, from there. But we conclude um, today with uh, uh, some verses of Scripture from Ephesians uh, chapter 3. The Apostle Paul says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray out of his glorious riches that we may strengthen you by power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, long, high and deep is the love of Christ and to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him he is able to do immeasurably more. Now we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much.